I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo Del Real, here with my colleague, friend, and business partner, Mr. Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 215th episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. Um, a lot to get into, everybody. Folks, the, the, the markets are somewhat calm and boring as we kind of predicted they would be. Um, gold, we'll talk gold. Silver, we'll talk silver. We'll talk a bit of crypto. We're going to talk private placements again because I think there's some opportunities coming up that some of you may be interested in. And we're going to get into some social commentary because, Nick, I don't know if you noticed, but it, it might not just be a bad apple now. There may be bad trees or maybe bad soil. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of crazy and bizarro going on, but first and foremost, sir, how are you today? It's tough to keep up, Gerardo. Um, apparently overweight. We, we talked about the comment section. Somebody called me the round one in the last, uh, after the last podcast. I assumed that was me. Well, I'm the loud one. You're the round one. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, folks. I'm not, <laughs> you listen to us and you watch. I don't know. I'm sorry. For me, the loud one, and sorry, Nick's the round one to whoever. Or maybe it was a good thing. I guess I shouldn't judge. Maybe they meant that as a flattering comment. Nick. It could be. Um, <laughs> yeah, they said, I haven't they said looked the, at the comments. What else did they say? Just that the round one doesn't talk too much, they said. Hence the reason why I have to be the loud one, everybody. You can't <laughs> make them all happy. One says I talk too much. One says you don't talk enough. Um, I'm good, though. How are you? <laughs> I'm fantastic. Uh, looking forward to a couple of days in Costa Rica uh, with the wife and some friends. So uh, a little downtime a couple of days is always good um, in the first quarter of the year. But no, look, um, we talked a bit off air. Let's get right into it. The markets are doing exactly what we thought they would do. They're kind of boring. The earnings are coming in. They're hit and miss. We got flat to down markets in the overall indices. Is that a trend that you see continuing here until the next Fed meeting? This Fed meeting is, I think, 13 days away. Uh -huh. and as we record this, it will come out for uh, a couple of days, so you'll be about 10 or 9 days away from the meeting. Uh, market's pricing in like a 90% chance they're going to hike a quarter point. So, um, yeah, that could give some some pause to the to the flat and, and tranquil markets that we've seen. Earnings are going to continue to come out, uh, some that have uh, consequences. What you've seen so far is uh, bank earnings that were, you know, quote-unquote beat expectations because... Um, that money that we talked about in the last episode coming out of those small regional banks, a uh, good portion of that went into the big banks, which allowed yep. them to have a, a fairly successful first quarter, at least for J.P. Morgan and uh, Bank of America. So you'll have companies continuing to report earnings that, that aren't going to be great over the next couple of weeks. And then by the end of the month, you'll get a Q1 uh, GDP. So uh, those three things, Fed hiking again, um, earnings continuing to um, not go up and, and contract and then, um, you know, putting a number on this economic growth and GDP terms, uh, I think will be enough to, to get, kick this bear market back in the gear, but uh, we <laughs> shall see things have, um, yeah, sort of been weird for the past couple of weeks. You got a VIX that's all the way down to, to 16 and, um, we've got rates that sort of can make up their mind. I think a lot of people are holding their breath for the, to see what's next. I agree with everything you said. We have to talk gold. It broke below the 2000 level, but it's still above that last technical key area, which was 1974, if I recall correctly. And so it's definitely holding that 1974 technical level. I would, of course, love to see it above 2000 uh, on a sustained basis at 1995. 
We're recording this a day early on April 19th because of my travels. So let's see how he closes the week out. But what are your thoughts on gold? And then we have to talk silver. Um, gold is is bullish and, and silver as well. And you should be using pullbacks to your advantage. I mean, uh, this is a gift as long as you didn't chase when it was up at, you know, 2030 or, or, or wherever it was. Um, this is an opportunity to, to build or add to positions. I mean, things don't go straight up. That's what I was telling you last week, right? I yep. don't know why gold, you know, you got to make a call for 3000 or 4000 or whatever it is. I mean, it's perfectly okay to be bullish and, and, and relatively range bound for a little bit. Um, put out a, a precious metals recommendation and foundational profits. And then the issue that just came out and, you know, had that price below where it was trading and it, it traded down to there beautifully this week, allowing people to, to enter into it at the price that I said. Um, as long as, uh, you know, the rates continue to fluctuate, you see the, the 10 years sort of going up uh, in the past couple of days, which is what has pushed gold yeah. down, that you could use that to your advantage. Like I say, um, I do think overall that, that those longer term bond yields have peaked. Um, and and if you're into that sort of thing, you, you can buy those bonds at this point, right? Because it's the same thing as uh, buying old, right? If, if bond yields are going to go down, then bond prices are going to go up. You can buy those bonds with a longer term duration, 7, 10, even 30 years. Um, it's the same thing as, as buying gold from a, a philosophical standpoint. It's obviously not the same thing as having a precious metal in your hand, but it's the it's a pair trade, right? So, um, and, 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 and again, um, you know, those, those longer term rates going down means that there's a recession ahead. And, and we continue to see all sorts of signs and then symptoms of that, whether it's, um, you know, banks unwilling to lend or, uh, desks at banks closing down their, their auto lending departments or laying off people in their auto lending departments. Um, these are uh, big the, departments too. That, 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 that's notable, right? Like, yeah, we're not talking departments with one or two loan officers sitting somewhere. We're talking thousands of, 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 of people that are being laid off simultaneously and across the sector. And it's not isolated geographically. It's spread out across the country. And so that's something to watch for. Yeah. And then you got record credit card debt and they're paying 21% interest on that. I mean, all the things are, are, are lined up and it's just sort of, you know, this bear market has been pretty organized and, and relatively boring. I mean, even the banking crisis wasn't, you know, a crisis and was pretty quickly contained. But all those things are just bubbling there right under the surface, I think is a good way to put it. And they're, they're keeping the, the surface intact that hasn't uh, caved in yet. Um, but keep an eye on it. I like it. Um, in an age where we can identify however we feel like identifying, I believe silver has now chosen to identify as a precious metal and is no longer identifying as an industrial metal. What do you think of silver's new identity and uh, how do you think it plays out from here? Looking strong above 25 convincingly, even on down days for gold and even on up days for the US dollar. Yeah, it's why the precious metal recommendation I made is, um, I think, the sixth largest holding in the SIL ETF, right? And I was going through that ETF the other day at you know, there's no silver companies anymore. I think the largest holding in that ETF is Wheaton, if I'm not mistaken. And and that's obviously a royalty company that holds royalties on, on all sorts of assets, not just silver. And that uh, the second largest holding is is Pan American, um, which I know people like, but still generates 60% of its revenue from gold. Um, and so even in the, the, the silver ETF, the top two holdings, you know, aren't are pure plays. Um, I do think silver is... Uh, bullish. How does it play out? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but 
uh, have been getting positioned there, given the recommendation yeah. that, that, that I made earlier this month. Um, and I was buying that personally, obviously, because because that's what that letter is all about. Um, but don't have any like uh, I guess physical silver exposure in in the the portfolio, uh, which of course is outside the safe, right? The safe's a different matter. Um, where there is silver, physical silver. Um, what about you? No, look, I think um, I'm. I mean, I know we haven't got to copper, but I got to get into copper um, in a second. Um, I am really careful with silver because of its bipolar nature, right? It's phenomenal when you can have um, a rising silver price, precious metals price that is trending higher, which that's the environment that I think that we're in. So with that being said, I did write a pretty robust check for a company that's consolidated a past producing land package in northern Mexico, permitted. Um, they have access you know, to a lot of the old mine workings. They have access to a lot of the structures, uh, historic drilling, great results. And it's primarily, although it's going to be looked at as a gold play, it's primarily a silver play, right? They're targeting a couple of hundred million ounces of silver and, you know, maybe a million ounces of gold, depending on what Mother Nature left behind. So I say all that to say that, like you, I am increasing my silver exposure. I tend to stay away from the producers. You know, I got burned bad with Magna, right? Everything was going well. The geologic bottle didn't hold up for one quarter. Um, and it happened to be the quarter where they were going to raise a substantial amount of money. And it happened to be that they, you know, had had more debt that they, that they should have taken on before going ahead and um, and then and, and raising more capital. And, and, and that was it. Right. That was basically the end of the company. One quarter after going from 10 cents where we helped finance it initially to a high of a dollar 80. And it's at a couple of pennies today. Right. Um, nature of the beast, nature of the business, it's high risk, it's high reward. It's a lesson for me to take some profits, right, um, along the that's way. That's what I was going to say. Yep. Uh, absolutely. Especially on producers and especially on plays that are high risk, high reward, like all mining operations are. So long-winded way of saying, yes, I've added to my silver exposure primarily through a past producing district that I think has a lot of exploration upside. I'll Subscribers know it. I'm not sharing it on the podcast yet, but I will share it here in the next week or two. So I like silver. At current levels, I think it heads higher, but it's always volatile. And like you said so eloquently, things don't go straight up. So don't expect 25 to 30 just like that. Could pull back to 24, 23, 50 before you get that next leg up to 27. Yeah, I think taking profits is important, um, especially if you have optionality in the form of uh, either multiple positions or, or warrants or uh, the ability to finance the company again in the future. And I know we wanted to talk about private placements a little bit, but you mentioned copper. You want to talk about copper first? No, yeah, I think it's the perfect segue because I have a new uh, private placement that I'm offering subscribers next week. Subscribers of JRI, Junior Resource Insider, will post a link up to that service. But listen, if you're an accredited investor and you're looking for a play that I think can easily deliver, and I, I shouldn't say this because in a year or two, we'll look back at the podcast and it'll be... 10-fold gains, not 25-fold gains, and they'll go, oh, there goes Gerardo with his optimistic self, right? But with that being said, I absolutely believe this company can deliver 25-fold returns within the next two to three years. I am more than happy to write. This will be one of the biggest checks that I personally ever write in a private placement. Um, so I'm eating my own cooking. I'm betting with my checkbook. It's a copper, silver, gold play. Again, some more silver exposure there. The exploration work has been top-notch. It's an area that's never been drilled before, before, hasn't seen modern exploration up until recently. 
very familiar with management, very strong technical team. I know privately they believe this will be a career maker and not just a company maker, but m multiple company makers. We believe there's going to be multiple copper, gold, and silver deposits across this phenomenal, incredible, large-scale land package that the company has been able to put together. So I'll be offering that to Junior Resource Insider subscribers. I'm writing a big check alongside a large contingent of our group that tends to participate in these financings together. So yeah, I encourage everybody, if you're an accredited investor, I'm excited for this one. And and, and this is one that even after I write this check, I'm going to continue to add. I, I, I think this is, you know, the next 20, 30 fold winner um, in the portfolio. Now, I have a couple in the portfolio that I've, I've, I've talked to subscribers about that I think are tenfold winners. Um, but this one, this one is special, Nick. This one has a ton of smoke and all they've been able to explore for is smoke. And you know, they have 17 porphyries in one part of the land package. They already have a major partner. They have two other majors they're in discussions with. Um, scale, which is what attracted me to Patriot Battery Metals was the scale, right? The potential for if you can make one discovery on this large scale land package, there's likely a lot more to be had. Patriot Battery Metals is a one op. It is unique. Um, it's special. This one has the potential to make multiple companies out of this land package. And we're going to see. We'll see in a year or two. Um, how things are shaping up, but I think we're going to do phenomenally well with that financing. It's still relatively cheap too, and um, I have a copper financing open as well that I offer to members of uh, the private intel portion of Hodge Family Office. And it, it's worth just you know we're recapping again or, or, or going over the the benefits of of why we do that and and tying yeah. together a couple of points that we've mentioned already, like taking profits when they're there. So. The copper company that we're financing has a, a wonderful de deposit in, in British Columbia, um, you know, has an NPV of some, um, oh gosh, I don't know, six or, or, or 700 million while it, while it trades at that $35 million market cap. And then Wheaton has already given them a $100 million financing package. So, and they have a streamlined permitting process. You sort of know that it's going to be a mine, although it's not going to be for a couple of more years. So, uh, in that sense, you can use it as a as a proxy, right, uh, for copper prices yep. because it's leveraged significantly leveraged to the price of um, copper. Um, and 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 the thing that we said earlier was taking profits. So in the case of this company, we financed it multiple times, and I've written checks multiple times going back to 2017. And I was looking this week at you know the first time was at 65 cents, and then. Uh, the second time was at 20 cents and yeah. we took profits on both those positions in uh, 2021 when the stock ran to a dollar and then we had warrants at 30 cents so so what did we do we exercised the warrants at 30 cents yeah uh, and now it's raising money at, at 25 cents because people have gotten bored with the story and they haven't explored and everyone knows that it's going to take a while to get through their environmental assessment with with british columbia and so um, they're raising a bit of money to do some exploration, which I think could could spark at least a partial re-rating, right? Because um, it's VMS, and they they believe that there's uh, other deposits there because they come in clusters. And so, um, writing another check at twenty five cents, but it made cumulatively, I don't know, four or five hundred percent by by taking profits along the way, um, and, and then writing checks again back into the company. I even told people. Although it didn't hit the price that I said I said to do it at, you know, you could sell that 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 thirty cent warrant position that we had in exercise and write a check back into this because you're getting another half warrant in, in this financing. And so 
Uh, in that respect, you can stick with some of these companies for years, and if you get to know them intimately, not just management, but the the way they trade and, and how they react to things, I mean, uh, you can use them as a piggy bank, right? I mean, take profits, reinvest, et cetera. And so, um, and then hold those wards for the long term. I mean, another a separate silver deal um, that I almost forgot about. It had five year warrants that expire this month, and my broker hit me up and said, "Hey, you got these warrants that are in the money." And it's like um, that's the other thing that gives you optionality. I mean, that was five years ago, and you got these warrants that are sitting there in the money. So, um, if you're able to 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 do that, if you meet the qualifications for an accredited investor, um, if you want to speculate in uh, early stage companies or, or, or otherwise, uh, write, write checks in the private placement. So you get warrants, then, you know, I would urge you to check out either of these two publications. And, and one other thing I'd say on private placements is it's getting increasingly onerous, right? You talk to some people who that have been in the industry for a while and say, you know, I don't do private placements anymore because you got to deal with the paperwork. You got to deal with the broker. You got to deal with the DRS statements. You got to deal with the have sold, will sell bullshit to getting bought back in when you go to sell or waiting for your legend to clear because you can't get your legend cleared until you put the shares up for sale, all this sort of stuff. And I, I get that. It, I do. Um, and I've shied away from some from some private placements as well because sure. of those things, especially if it's an established company that's been trading for a while and I can buy shares in the open market. But where it does behoove you is uh, in some of these early stage deals, right? Like that are still private. I mean, yes. you can't, it's not like you can go buy shares in those or um, these ones that are, are restructuring themselves and bringing new assets into a company and they're, and they're doing a, a share raise concurrent with, with that, uh, a capital raise, I should yep. say, concurrent with, with some transformation in the company. Um, in that sense, you can't buy them in the open market, one, because they might not be public, two, because they might be halted because of that transaction, or, or three, because there might not be the liquidity to allow you to get the, the size there, that, there you that, go. that you want to buy. So uh, for all those reasons, it's still beneficial to, to do uh, private placements, and, and we've done quite well personally and for subscribers over the years. And I know we want to have a webinar. I need to stop being lazy and put together an outline for that because we want to invite people um, who are on Daily Profit Cycle and on our other paid publications that, you know, have it uh, bellied up to the private placement bar yet to, to sort, of, sort of show them some of the past successes and uh, the reasons why we do this. But in, in lieu of that, like you said, we we can put a link to those services uh, in this podcast and on the, the page that gets published on. Yeah. And one more thing on the company that, by the way, a company I'm a shareholder of and absolutely think should be trading at, you know, four or five times what it trades at today, just to be in line with its peers, right? It's a feasibility stage asset. Um, you mentioned the leverage to the price of copper. It's worth noting that feasibility study outlines a net present value of roughly 600 million Canadian today. All that has to happen is for copper to go from 405, 410 to 450. And you have a billion dollar net present mm. value. If copper goes where I think it's going to go in a couple of years, you're going to have a multi-billion dollar net present value. And I guarantee you that the market cap will be many, 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 many times what it is today. And I also guarantee you that for those of you that decide to write a check, having that half warrant option at a fixed price for a couple of years is going to be a Christmas gift that you'll be glad you got when you wrote that check. And that, that, that leverage, that optionality, as you called it, Nick, is so critical to maximizing profits, right? You take a 25-cent company, you write a check, 
shares go to a dollar, great. But man, if you have a 35 cent warrant, well, man, now you just go and you buy those shares up for 35 cents. And before you know it, those gains compound really, really quick. You get a Patriot battery metals type situation, changes changes your life forever, right? So I would encourage everyone to dig into private placements. If you have any questions, put the comments up. I mean, it's fun for you guys to say out loud and Nick's round and then Nick doesn't talk enough and I should talk less and all that. But also let's like, let's have a discussion, um, you know, on air about some of the comments. If you all have questions or if you want to write in, ultimately, that's what we do this for. It's not because we like to hear each other talk or we don't have a, uh, enough going on with the multiple hats that we wear between multiple companies and financing deals and doing all the research that we do in vetting companies. Um, we, we really have a passion for helping people and hope to provide some ideas that that you can take accountability for, but that hopefully further your 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 skill set in this space, which is high risk, high reward. Uh, that's my rant. Like it. What's next? What's next? I like. I, I say all that. To say I really love copper. I'm writing two checks next week. They're pretty pretty decent sized checks, um, including the one I mentioned earlier. And they're both co- co- copper plays, right? Uh, one is copper, gold, silver. The other one is almost pure copper. And I'm writing the check for the copper assets in the company, the exposure to a rising copper price. So. Um, I like to write big checks or bigger checks than I normally do relative to to, to me, right? Um, when no one is looking and when something is out of favor and kind of like uranium right now, I feel like copper is not in favor yet. It's not being spoken about yet as loudly as it will be here in the next uh, six to 12 months, I believe. And then, and, and frankly, the next couple of years, you look at a Glencore and tech. Glencore really wants those copper assets. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like the fifth or sixth time that they say, hey, we'll give you cash instead of uh, stock. Hey, we'll up the cash offer. Hey, how about we sweeten the whole deal up? Hey, how about we do it one way or the other? And it's really interesting because you have copper bulls like Robert Friedland now coming out and defending, you know, tech and then and, 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 and explaining to to investors and speculators how important it is for tech to to, to kind of maintain its it's Canadian presence, right? And, and Canadian leadership. And so commodity wars, y'all, we, we, we said this last year, they're coming and they're heating up, whether it's lithium, whether it's, um, you know, the copper space, the gold space, we're seeing some M&A uh, start to peak, uh, pick up here the last couple of months. It's all kind of lining up. And I, for one, am excited as I'll act for 2023. I think it's going to be a phenomenal year for us. Another one. Glencore wasn't the only one. You, you had some yeah. other people stick their head up and say, hey, you know, Vale, you know, Anglo, I believe it was, or say, you know, hey, we'd be interested as well. So, um, and, and copper, I, I, I know you're, you're super bullish on copper, and I've been telling you not yet, not yet. And yep. and copper sort of continues to say not yet. It's really just yep. wanting to consolidate around that $4 mark. And so it doesn't have a lot of eyeballs on it, considering it ran to, to $5 last year, I believe it was. And so people are saying, that in that context, it's down 20%, right? And it's like, yeah, but... It's just, you know, uh, forecasting or prognosticating this recession that's going to come. And then once we get back to economic growth and later this year, early 2024, then the copper is going to be off to the races. And yeah, certainly Robert Friedland knows a thing or two about, um, you know, big uh, major minor buyouts. A little bit, a little bit. Um, anything market related that you that you want to touch on? I, I touched on last week a bit on lithium and how I, I, I feel... Spodumene prices are bottoming out and the prices are bottoming out. And I think we're going to see a pretty rapid recovery. We've seen more evidence of that this past week. Uh, my Patriot update is this. We haven't had assays yet. They're due any day now. I expect great assays. Let's see what they have. Uh, but the stock's performing well once again, though it hasn't broken new all-time highs. Let's see if we get that before the month of April. We didn't get it in March. 
Um, but anything in the market before I pivot to my bad apple, bad apples, bad tree, bad soil, maybe, um, or maybe just bad uh, portion of this segment. Just that patience is an asset class, and we talk about sounding like a broken record, you know, uh, having a, a fair amount of cash and and then weathering what I think is going to come here in the, in the next couple of months can be boring at times, you know. It's, um, I think, human nature to feel like you have to do something or, or want to do something, but uh, you can just twiddle your thumbs or sit on your hands and, and, and let some of this stuff pass by. Uh, and then the other thing I'd mention is uh, volatility, which I touched on earlier, but um, you know, the VIX is the lowest it's been in, uh, I don't have a chart up here, but I could tell you real quick, um, several months for sure. And that's still a function of these short dated options that we have. Um, but yeah, the VIX has got a 16 handle on it. It's the lowest it's been, I mean, in over a year since December, yeah. 2021. And so I think these things that are coming that I mentioned earlier, the earnings, the, the, the GDP, et cetera. Um, they're going to give you a little uh, spike in volatility and 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 jolt people out of the complacency that we've seen here recently. Complacency always leads you usually leads historically um, <laughs> to a black swan event or something seriously breaking. There is a lot of complacency in the major indices right now. So what's going to be the next uh, domino to fall? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I just know historically one always does right. And so if let, 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 let's keep an eye on that. I think that's worth watching. Let's get into okay. dumb people with guns. Um, <laughs> we've had more mass shootings in the past month. We were talking, you and I were talking off air, like just comparing mass shootings. The one in uh, Louisville, Kentucky in the bank recently. Um, there was one in Georgia where I think it was a homecoming or a prom party um, was shot. And there were you know, untold number of, of, of dead kids and and and, and wounded um, there's the heartbreaking story, right? Of the 16 year old in Clay County, um, Ralph, Ralph Yarl was his name. This, this kid was asked by his mom to go pick up his siblings. Mom gives the address. He knocks on the wrong house, right? He, he wasn't armed. He wasn't threatening. Was it the middle of the night? He wasn't yelling. Um, he never got to see anyone answer the door. He never had an opportunity to ask for his siblings because an 84-year-old man decided that he was going to shoot this kid in the head through the door. And if that wasn't insult to humanity enough, this 84-year-old man then decided to open the door and while this kid was bleeding out, shoot him again while he's laying down bleeding. As heartbreaking as that is, the kid then realizes, obviously, his life is in imminent danger and stumbles down the neighborhood to try to get help. Three homes refuse to open the door. And when he finally is answered by someone to give him help, he's asked to put his hands up as the kid bleeds out and is clearly not armed. Um, that is one case, right? That's in Clay County. I believe that's uh, somewhere in Kansas City. Um, or in Kansas. There's one that just happened here close to home that's a little bit more personal because the young lady that was shot um, actually went to school here in Round Rock, right? She went to a, a school called Stony, Stony, Stony Brook um, and was a cheerleader, 18-year-old, Stony Point, 18-year-old. Her name, uh, Peyton Washington, just received a scholarship. She was a gymnast. Um, she was a gymnast who was born with one lung, and despite that, 
did so well academically and athletically that it earned her a scholarship to Baylor University. She was an incoming freshman this fall. She was at a town not too far here from Round Rock, where I live, right? Just outside of Boston, Texas. And they were out for, no, they were out causing trouble. They weren't at a party. They weren't uh, at a motorcycle club. They weren't at a car club. They weren't doing any of the stereotypical things that you would think teenagers causing trouble are doing. They were going to and from a meet, and they always commuted in a carpool so that they wouldn't have to take the risk of driving multiple cars. Um, she came out of an HEB, and HEB is one of the major supermarket stores here, and because she wasn't really familiar with the car, went up to the wrong car and accidentally tried to enter the car. When she realized her mistake, she turned around and said, I'm sorry, went back to her car. 25-year-old man follows her from his vehicle to her car. According to her, to, to, to her family and the statements given to the police, she apologizes and says, I'm so sorry, I, I got the cars mixed up. This asshole decides that the correct response to that is to fire multiple shots into the car, hitting two young ladies that all they were doing was meeting for a cheerleader meet. She obviously uh, was fighting for her life. She's recovering. Um, another young lady was 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 struck. Um, there has to be a better way to own guns, everyone. I'm a big Second Amendment guy. Um, I'm, I'm pro-Second Amendment. The way we own guns in America is stupid. I sound like a broken record every month because so many people keep dying. Um, I mean, just, just, there. I, I'm just, again, broken records. I don't even have anything else to say. There is no point other than the way that we own guns in America is stupid and there has to be a better way. Yeah. Uh, I too don't have a, a lot to add. Um, you know, America's a, a gun culture. Obviously there's a, a, a lot of guns here and, um, you know, I grew up relatively rural and, and started hunting at a young, young age and was taught the, um, you know, the respect with which you treat a firearm and how to handle it properly and, and, and went through hunter safety class, which involves a component of, of firearm safety. Uh, but that's not necessarily the case for a lot of folks who own guns in, in a lot of states, right? You can just go out and buy a gun, uh, carry it or have it in your car or your home and, and not have a lot of uh, training with it um, or um, classes um, or mentors who taught you uh, how to respect it. At the same time, and you've got a lot of paranoia uh, among the populace. I mean, so, just doom scroll Twitter for a little bit or, or watch some of these wacky news outlets that are out there on, on social media. I mean, and they're just pumping in the fear to, to these people, whether it's um, about the, 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 um, virus or about the government or about, um, you know, crimes and, 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 and unrest. And, you know, you see these videos in, in Chicago and elsewhere of shoplifting and you get all these stories about, you know, corporations leaving cities because of the, the, the violence and the theft. And it puts people on, on edge, right. To, to the point where they feel the need to shoot, uh, unarmed people, uh, in the case of the, the one 16 year old you described, who was, you know, at the wrong house, it was literally, um, the address, it was like, I forget what it was, 100 Southwest <laughs> Terrace or something. And he went to 100 Southwest Boulevard or something like uh -huh. that. Like it was the right address and, and no questions asked, right? Not, you know, peeking through the door. Hey, can I help you? What do you need? Nothing. Just, 
just blasting, right? And then the one you didn't mention was in New York, which is I was, I also, had it up. That was also next. crazy because that was just a car turning around in a driveway and you're you're shooting at someone you don't even know is in the car or or why they are, are there sight unseen, right? And um, you know, that's not macho or brave. That's just um straight up trigger happy. And 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 then the other thing is, um, you know, going back to, to Trayvon Martin and, and things back in the day, mm-hmm. which gosh, that's probably been ten or more years ago at this point. Uh, time is flying, where you get precedent set, um, where the gentleman um uh, in the in the Wisconsin protests, uh, what was his name? Um uh, Kyle Rittenhouse? Yes, who get, you know, not immunity, but they, they they're 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 given a pass, right? Yeah, sure. Stand your ground, or uh-huh. I fear for my life, or uh-huh. um, whatever it is. And so people think they have that that sort of cover. So I um, drove to another city with an assault rifle, right. knowing that there were protests, inserted myself in the middle of those protests, and proceeded to shoot multiple people. I feared for my life. <laughs> well, okay, not guilty. Go home, Kyle. Go go throw up gang signs and go drink beer at underage while on probation. And don't worry, you're not even going to get your probation violated, buddy, or your bail revoked. You're going to be all right. He did all this while he was waiting uh, for his verdict to be read. And so, again, I, I got to touch on one last thing. The way the media covers this stuff, I have very intentionally um, not introduced the color of anyone's skin in this case. In the case of New York, the case of the young man in K- Kansas City, um, in, in the other case that I cited and in Georgia, but it's interesting to me the way our media covers certain ones. So in the case of New York, the headline reads, woman fatally shot by upstate New York homeowner after pulling into wrong driveway. Sheriff says she posed no clear threat. No one in the vehicle posed a threat. There's no reason for this gentleman to feel threatened. The gentleman, I'm being kind being the guy that shot this young lady for turning into the wrong driveway. The New York Post decides on the 16-year-old kid, Kansas City Homer 16-year-old Ralph Yarl was shot in the head, had a no solicitor sign. As if that is justification for popping someone's head off with a bullet through a door when not even a word was spoken to you. What if that was a cop? What if that was a Jehovah's Witness? Uh, what if that was a Girl Scout? What if that was any number of things? Is that the standard now, everybody? Like, this guy was arrested and let out two hours later. The guy that shot through the door, that shot this kid, then, then proceeded to shoot this kid while he was on the ground again. So again, it's, it's, we look at the institutions, right? We look at police departments. We look at district attorneys. We look at our media. We look at the way lobbyists are able to influence law in this country and god are we right for a good old fourth turning nick and i know we're in the middle of it and that's why all this stuff is is going through it but god some of these stories are heartbreaking man well yeah and i was going to get to the fourth turning as well you know i feel like some of these people are um lacking purpose or lacking better things to do um and are and are and are 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 lacking that you know, upward mobility or sense that they have something to to look forward to because, you know, the things are so bleak out there for uh, a large part of the country, right? You know, you've got this wealth concentrated at the top. You've got uh, the other people uh, struggling to to keep up. And then I, I, I'm convinced that that, that plays a part in this um, escalation of, of violence that we've seen. So, um, 
glad that book comes out in J- July. We mentioned a few times, and and, and looking forward to um, reading that. But it's certainly a, a, a sad state of affairs, and I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or because I have young kids now. But you know, I've got a safe full of guns. You know, some classified as assault weapons, and and some not hunting rifles, shotguns, pistols, and um, you know, that. The only one that's come out, I would say, in the past year is the shotgun to go shoot some ducks. Like, I'm just not interested in, in, in um, messing around with them, with given the, 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 the kids that are in the house. And and I'm also a proponent of the, the Second Amendment and have been staunchly so in the past, but do think that there's got to be some uh, requirements, not just background checks, but but training, right? Uh, has to be um, training, y'all. Yeah. has to be training and competence, and you have to be able to prove that. It can't be harder to shoot someone in the head than it is to drive a vehicle down the street. Or easier, I'm sorry. It can't be easier. It shouldn't be harder to drive a car than it is to shoot someone in the head. Right? It's like when convicted felons get out of drugs and they get out of prison and they have a drug conviction. Now they're not eligible for Pell Grant, so they can't go to school if they can't afford the school. And you just got out of prison, so you probably can't afford the school. So then it's easier to go get some cocaine or some marijuana and sell that than it is to actually get a job to not get in trouble again. Like, right, all of our systems and all our, our, our institutions are corroding to the point where you're going to continue to see this uprising, especially with the youth that we call a fourth turning. And unfortunately, that'll continue to be volatile. And unfortunately, until we get some common sense back in society here, it's going to continue to be, you know, violent, likely, because that's the way these things go. You know, who do you call when all this happens, Zick? Who do you call if there's a predator outside? You call a good cop, right? Well, call a good cop unless you're in fucking Contra Costa County, right? Because in Contra Costa County, 45 of the good cops, right, um, were caught being recorded by two reporters making uh, racist, homophobic statements, asking to lynch black people coming up with locations on where to where where to bury bodies of reporters that were investigating them. And so when I hear that, and you've said this a lot of times, like, it's just one bad apple. Okay, well, there's 45 bad apples. And then sometimes, you know, because the bar goes low once you kind of prove that point wrong. And then the bar goes to, yeah, but many of these were rookies. They probably weren't trained properly or they were probably weren't given, you know, the proper police culture. Right. But then we find out that 16 of the 45 of these motherfuckers were in leadership positions. So these are the people that decide who gets pulled over. These are the people that get get to decide who gets a ticket. These are the people that decide what kind of ticket you get. These are the people that decide whether you live or die if you reach for your driver's license, even if the cop just asks you to get it. Like the gentleman in Minnesota a few years back who did everything correct, was an NRA member, was a licensed carry concealed member reached for his driver's license and was executed in front of his wife and his baby or his girlfriend and his baby. It's hard to do right. It's getting harder every day, right? There's a, there, there's an old book uh, called Five Felonies a Day where you know it talks about how law in America is set up to where if at any given point one of the major institutions wants to prove you a criminal, they pay enough attention to you, you probably likely unknowingly oftentimes are committing at least five felonies a day. According to the letter of the law, if the law is to be interpreted in a way that may be abusive, but could be applied in court. That's scary, scary stuff, man. That's scary, especially if you don't have deep pockets to go have some bully attorneys go get everybody for you, right? Scary, scary stuff, Nick. 
I've talked about the cops for uh, a long time. I'm, I'm almost tired of doing so. The thesis yeah. has been proved out. That's a it's a really corrupt culture with from the the whole um, thin blue line stuff to the you know the brotherhood angle, all that all that sort of stuff. And and I think it plays into the 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 non law enforcement shootings as well. You see citizens see these cops out there playing. Uh, judge, jury, and executioner, and and think that that's what they are. Again, going back to to Trayvon Martin and 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 the Zimmerman guy, um, sort of vigilante justice, if you will, right? And yeah, I think it's 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 all related, and ah, you get tired of talking about it, right? I mean, that's a that's an audible sigh. Um, I was going to inject some levity, so uh, <laughs> let's do it. There was a one study la- before the levity. One last thing on this anti other. Costa County Police Department people, Costa County Public Officers case. The sheriff had the goal to come out to reporters and complain about how the recordings were illegally obtained. That was his focus to reporters in public. He was pissed off that the reporters recorded these. And they said, these recordings are illegal, by the way. I'll have you know. And now I'll take all the levity you have for me, sir. <laughs> well, nothing new under the sun. I've said it before. You know, Dostoevsky was writing about this stuff a century or two ago in Russia about how, yeah, they take the focus. Just like you say, they got called doing something, but they put the focus on how they got called. And that was inappropriate. So they can like it justifies the, the behavior um, anyway. So and and so much has come out about the police in, in, in different precincts and different counties and different states that it's hard to refute that there's something seriously wrong with the culture. And then, uh, before I get to my levity, you, you have states, you know, that pass these, uh, laws to, to, to insulate them, right? We already know they have qualified immunity. We know about all that stuff, but then like Arizona, I think last year or the year before, you know, made it difficult, if not illegal to record cops. I was reading recently that Florida is thinking about doing the same. And it's like, wait, why don't we, you know, ameliorate or, or do something to uh, change the activities that the police are doing, rather than focus on, uh, you know, insulating them from getting filmed or, or caught doing those activities? Anyway, uh, you mentioned Jehovah's Witnesses and Girl Scouts coming to your door. I would love Girl Scouts to come to my door. I'm a I'm a Girl Scout cookie connoisseur. It's probably why I'm the round one. Um, but if I go out of a store and, and, and I see someone selling Girl Scout cookies, I'm a buyer for sure. Uh, Samoa's Thin Mints and, and Dosey Dos for me. And then uh, <laughs> uh, and the Jehovah's Witness, you know, nobody comes to my door now, Gerardo. That, that's, well, that, I guess mean, it's, far even, it's, a, it's a lot the, of it. It's also a large land package, right? And the driveway's a little bit too long. But when bit. I used to live in the neighborhood, um, I used to love messing with the Jehovah's Witnesses, man. One time I... Uh, <laughs> I would I would talk. That's why we don't have advertising or sponsors, people. <laughs> and I would go flop around in the yard like I was possessed by the, the oh, God, spirits. Uh, they would wonder what the hell was going on. It's so funny. <laughs> it's called bizarro world, folks. You get what you pay for. You don't pay anything for it. So money back guarantee. <laughs> it is what it is. What are you watching in the markets this week, Nick? Well, I think we went over it. Yep. Um, you're going to get deeper into earnings season. Uh, position in gold while it's down below 2000 there's uh it's time to buy the gold miners uh, that range is going to put it back above 2000 um as the the long end of the the bond curve continues to come down and again patience you know i'm still sitting on a lot of cash you know it, you know here's a here's a little tip actually you know if you feel like you have to do something like 
buy UUP or buy like these uh, short T-bills funds like that don't go anywhere, right? Buy more Patriot. <laughs> like a couple of pennies in a year. But yeah, no, I mean, that's a, still a risky uh, mining <laughs> stock. I'm talking about if you got cash like in an IRA, you know, I'll take, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, <laughs> you know, percentage points at, and I'll buy a dollar fund or a, a monthly yielding bond fund. I mean, they're highly liquid. It makes you feel like you're trading, but you're not really doing anything because <laughs> um, they, they don't really go up or down. And then you can clip that little, you know, 30-day coupon if, if you want. So if you absolutely have to do something, now's the time that, that bond yields are coming down. You can do that. And the dollar, you can do that with any time. But um, anyway, that's my two cents for the week. Now, the broken record, a lot of uh, really, really appealing markets right now that aren't getting up. A ton of love, excuse me, the gold sector, the copper sector, the uranium sector. A lot of the uranium company, companies are at 52-week lows. It's prime, prime gift opportunity to you all. It'll happen when it happens. It'll happen violently to the upside in the uranium space. And you'll be looking at these prices and wondering why you didn't add more. So find some names you like. Um, it can be, again, pick where you're at on the curve. Producers, explorers, developers, whatever your risk tolerance is. Or buy some T-bills, right? <laughs> whatever works. Whatever works. I'm supposed to remind everybody to subscribe to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to get all of the updates where you can comment on our roundness, our loudness, our ability or lack of to be quiet, and anything else that behooves and amuses your daily <laughs> intake of information. I am Gerardo Del Real along with Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 215 of our therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. Be kind to each other. Be safe out there, y'all. Nick, say some words of wisdom for us. Enjoy Costa Rica. Pura vida. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.